0: Hey, what's up everybody? This is Brandon Shank, and welcome to the Brandon Shank Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Brandon Shank Podcast. So great to have you with us. Excited about today. Uh, got a couple of things that will change the world once we discuss them. And so can't wait for you to hear about it. How you feeling, Corey? I'm ready. Feeling good, baby?
1: I'm doing really well. Good, doing man. really
0: well. Um, well, I think uh, it's appropriate to start out the show with um, something that's deeply bothering me that I think uh, is probably what everybody woke up thinking about today. It's a concept that I think when we wake up in the morning, there's a first thought. This is probably, I would venture to say... <laughs> 97% of people that have a beating heart across the world probably thought of this today. Has football gone soft? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what I thought when I woke up. <laughs> uh, just saying. I was wondering. The other yeah. night I was watching the Dallas game against the Chargers, and uh, the game was a uh, dumpster fire. It was so many penalties. But yeah. the, uh, I forget who it was on Dallas. They came through, and they, uh, or maybe it was on the Chargers. They came through. And they hit—I don't remember if it was against Herbert or Prescott—but they hit them in the face with their hands. And it, you can't; it's illegal. You can't do it. But it wasn't like they grabbed him by the face. They—they they were coming yeah. on this uh, to get the sack, and they just jumped up in the air. And the quarterback pulled the ball down. So when they did, they yeah. jumped on the quarterback and they hit him in the helmet with their hands, and they got a—you know—roughly yeah. passer call. That's yeah. And I was thinking—I—I I saw a highlight reel from uh, introduction to like Monday Night Football in the 1970s. And the oh, highlight reel, yeah. it said uh, there was nine <laughs> penalties just during that highlight reel that now wouldn't be legal. Yeah, nine for hits, sure. nine yeah. different things. I just think football may be going soft. I'm I, i, I I'm, I'm concerned. I understand. Listen, I played football all the way through college and high school. I remember having headaches after every practice. So yeah. it's not a good thing. Sure, I think what yeah. they've done for the game is great because there's a lot of great... Um, Athletes that their careers were cut short because of the violence. I mean, there was receivers back in the day. They'd look over their shoulder and they would just get hit in the face with a helmet or a shoulder pad. Like that's that's yeah. that's barbaric, right? Shouldn't mm-hmm. happen. um But I just think the game is it's it's you know sometimes yeah. you're like, come on, man, like let them play, let the kids play. There's probably a difference between roughing the passer and touching the passer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, listen, right? Before i, I, I <laughs> Do you know what the worst beatdown in college football history was? Do you want to guess the score? Oh gosh. This um, is this no. is when they, I think they played a little different this is when they probably took their helmets off and swung them at each other to tackle probably yeah Just give me a guess I mean I'm
1: a hundred and three to seven two
0: twenty two <laughs> to nothing <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I was saying if I p- took the 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 best eight year old team in the nation and played a varsity high school team <laughs> I don't know if they could score the varsity high school k- team could score 222 points That's, in four quarters I mean you're cooking. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow. That's like 30 touchdowns. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It was Georgia Tech versus Cumberland, and 222 to nothing. Georgia Tech ended up winning the national championship uh, in the next year, defeating Cal. Oh, no, they they won the national championship in 1917 by defeating Cal in the Rose Bowl. So Cumberland was disbanding their program, but they had to play one more game, or they were going to have to pay three grand, which in 1917 or 1916? No. Wait. 1915. Wow. 1915? Man, yeah. So long ago. It was three grand if they didn't play the game, so they played it. And with a bunch of fraternity brothers, they put the team on the field 222 to nothing. That's insane. If if, a, if the best fraternity in the nation played Alabama, I don't think Alabama could beat them that bad. Yeah. No, I don't think so 222 to nothing. I don't think it would be that bad. No. I don't
1: think so we, I'm not sure if... We don't play like that anymore. <sighs> That's a different breed of person.
0: It took... uh Yeah. Six kicks were returned for touchdowns. Twenty-four total touchdowns. Ten of the twenty-eight defensive plays run by Georgia Tech. There was only ten of the twenty-eight defensive play, offensive plays. There was only ten plays run by Georgia Tech that did not go for touchdowns. They only ran twenty-eight offensive plays the whole game. <laughs> That's insane. It took two.
1: Holy there was only cow. two Georgia
0: Tech drives. It took three plays to score. That, yeah, I would have never guessed in the 200s. That's insane. <laughs> Cumberland never had a, four, a first down. Um, Georgia Tech never had one play that went for a negative yard. 63 points were scored by Georgia Tech in both the first and second quarter. <laughs> how much did the did they have the stat
1: of how much the maybe the defensive side scored? Because I feel like more than your offense, your defense has um, to be intercepting and scoring touchdowns too. It's got to be. Like... Either that, or they're just a quick four punt returns
0: and two kickoffs return. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Goodness. Twenty-four total touchdowns by Georgia Tech that took one or zero offensive plays. (laughs) Twenty-four touchdowns. Tech had seven defensive touchdowns. (laughs) Yeah, the seven. Seven. Okay. Six kick return touchdowns and eleven touchdowns from one play drives on offense. (laughs) I mean, you can't make this up. (laughs) No, you can't. Maybe that's why there's so many rules now. Holy cow! You know, then there was no rules. Just score touchdown. So I have another question. Sticking with the football thing, yeah, and I would like—I would like to know: Do you think Bill Belichick is really that good? I think it's easy right now to say he's not because you know they're—they're losing, and you know he's—he's in a different part. Maybe he wins the Super Bowl next year and surprises us all. But my question is: He won. He has eight rings. He won one as a defensive coordinator with the New York Giants. Yeah, and then he won seven with Tom Brady. Yeah, that's a lot. As a head coach, every Super Bowl has been with Tom Brady. Um, they say he's one of the best defensive minds in the history of the game. I would say because he won the defensive co- he won a Super Bowl with the Giants as a defensive coordinator. I would say they might have an argument there, right? And he won seven with Tom Brady. So even if you have the best quarterback to ever play the game, hands down, nobody can argue that. Yeah, Tom Brady didn't have all the names people think he had around him either. Tom Brady made those wins happen. Oh, I mean, yeah. he, and then when he left and goes to Tampa, a team that was uh, not even on the radar, and then he takes him mm-hmm. to a Super Bowl and wins it, yeah, handedly. I mean. There's nothing else to say. Tom Brady can do it with or without Bill Belichick, but can yeah. Bill Belichick do it with or without Tom Brady? Don't, I mean, look, it's a good question. I think Bill Belichick's a great yeah. coach. I think the Patriot Way is is uh would never have worked if Tom Brady wasn't there. That's my take. Yeah,
1: no, I I agree. I think I think great coaches absolutely make great players better, but they're the ones out on the field.
0: This is what I, I think. You you and I both know. A lot of these teams, baseball, football, hockey, basketball, you name it, and you see it in basketball, and I think it's easier to see in basketball because there's only five guys on the court at a time. these They call them super teams where you yeah. get like, three guys who come together like Dwayne Wade, Chris mm-hmm. Bosh, LeBron James. They win championships, right? And those are yeah. three of the best players at the time in the league, and I think they all made each other better, right? Yeah. But there's other parts around them that were really good. Oh, yeah. But my point is this. Uh, LeBron can go back to Cleveland and do the same thing because when you have five on the floor, a LeBron James is a lot more powerful than if you have just a Tom Brady because defense still has to play. So Bill Belichick absolutely uh, is one of the, in my opinion, one of the best because yeah. he can, you, know, you can have one of the best players and still not have the best team. But I agree in that the players play, but we have seen teams time and time again with the best players on those teams not win. Yeah, correct. So I don't think you can make an argument that Bill Bel- Belichick isn't a baller. And then they're like, well, he no. might retire now. I'm like, you know, listen, once Tom left, maybe he, maybe it's not that he's not good. Maybe it's, you know, he's just done, or maybe he's going to win the Super Bowl next year. Yeah. It's Bill Belichick. I would not put my, I would never bet against that guy.
1: What What I don't like about those arguments is as a person that's not I li- like I prefer to live in the gray and not black and white. If someone would pose that to me, I'm like, well, it's both. Why isn't it
0: both? <laughs> like, that he's great why, and Tom can Why not both? The little taco girl. Why not both? I think that's, I think it's a great point. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a great point. Why not both? Why not both? You know, it's kind of one of those the saying I heard the other day. I was watching a, c- a commercial came on during college football, and it says, talking about betting, and their their tagline for betting on sports is, only bet what you can afford to lose. <laughs> <laughs> like, isn't that just a picture of America? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> only bet what you can afford to lose. And let me ask, I would oh like gosh. to know the percentage of people who bet, yeah. that bet only what they can afford to lose. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, because let me say, let's say you you did a hundred dollar bet, and then over the course of years, you got ten thousand that you just accrued. You're like, well, it was only like a hundred dollars, so you lose ten grand. You're telling me you could really afford to lose that, even though you could use it for something else? Uh, yeah. Well, it was only a hundred dollars and grew to ten grand. It's just funny to me. <laughs> you know what I saw the other day? Changing directions a little bit. I was sitting in the sunroom at my house, and I saw something that reminded me a little bit of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Aye, it's one of the greatest things ever. By the yeah. way, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stand the test of time. I mean, my kids are still watching them. <laughs> yeah. There was a squirrel in my backyard, Uh and he stood on his hind legs, and he looked into the woods as if to scope out his paradise. Yeah, and I think he posed. He he. For those of you that are listening, not watching, (laughs) he he put his elbows above his head, his hands straight up, and just brought his elbows straight down, almost like he was showing me his back muscles. (laughs) I told Case, I said, Case, you got to get out here. said, "Why?" I was like, this is the most jacked squirrel I've ever yeah, seen. This dude's yeah. back muscles were the size of a bird. I was blown away. She's like, well, they use them for everything. I was like, not yeah, this guy. You're climbing guy, all day. He got into somebody's trash can and took a steroid or something. Oh, yeah, Dude was yoked. Yeah, I was amazed. Protein shakes. I was just amazed. <laughs> you might think, why is this dude talking about a squirrel? Because if you'd have seen this squirrel, yeah. you'd have thought maybe turtles are real. Listen.
1: No, yeah, it's true. I Very, very similar to your story. I I stumbled across again. This is like probably the news articles that I read. I stumbled across like biggest animals. Like a post about like they showed a cow that was like the largest cow in the world and all this stuff. Well, they got they eventually got to a kangaroo. Now kangaroos can mess you up, but this kangaroo was six foot seven, as tall as oh, me. Oh my gosh! And you want to talk about yoked. I mean, a yoked kangaroo. Kangaroos, their Dude, chest muscles are legit. Bro. I'm gonna we're gonna, we'll make this a clip, and I'll have to find a picture of it. He was jacked, and he's as tall as me. Can you imagine that? A kangaroo as tall as me and yoked? You would put a kangaroo in a corner, they'll knock your head off. I know, dude. I mean, they
0: don't play, bro. Like, I'm I would never mess kangaroo. with a small kangaroo because it, to me, it looks like kangaroos, it, it, I think they have a very strict training regimen that it's required of all kangaroos to yeah, do, man. and they bench press. You yeah. can't convince me kangaroos aren't out in the wild bench press. Those jokers are yoked. Dude, I'm telling you. their chest you. muscles. Yeah. I bet you a kangaroo could push out 200 push-ups without thinking. And you and you wouldn't think like the wall, they hop around all day.
1: Why is their chest so big? Because they're bench, bench pressing. They, and, they're, bench they're pressing when something. you're sleeping. That's yeah.
0: why. This kangaroo is like a in captivity you know, kangaroo? You know He's why just I respect kangaroos? <laughs> <laughs> you know why I respect kangaroos? Because they don't just do chest day. They do leg yeah, day. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you're if dedicated to leg day, I'm telling you, you have a good chest. But if you're just dedicated to your chest, your legs are going to look like two little white strings <laughs> hanging out at the bottom of your shorts. Hey, they got to carry your arms, man. They
1: got to carry your chest. So. Yeah, whatever man. It is what it is. We'll represent. Hey, you asked for it. Got <laughs> it. Do you do this? Got I'm not him! even I'm not even remotely That's close. That's right. I, I Yeah, you'll never get it again in the history of this. You'll That's never. Probably true. I got three programs I got control Don't over. Don't blame you. me. Are we good? Oh, we now for okay. It. Could
0: have taken break. I was talking over the uh the music. All right, one to three, and I would like, uh, for all you uh, listeners out there, I would like to know, because you may just get a free gift from the Brandon Shank podcast, Mm. I would like to know your favorite Halloween candy, ranked one to three.
1: That's cool. Or three to one. Let's go three to one.
0: Three to one? Yeah, I mean, Halloween's not for over a week and a half. I get it. But, like, you know, we're like Crackle Barrel here. We celebrate it before it gets here. You know, but Crackle Barrel's it, had Halloween candy out since July. So you know, we, we may talk about Christmas next week. We may get way ahead of the curve.
1: Can I ask you this, though? Isn't sure. Halloween candy just candy? Or are you talking about specific candy that is only sold during the Halloween? Like like uh, candy corn. Like it's only sold during Halloween. Candy. So just all candy.
0: Yeah. I Let's mean, talk about candy. it's a good
1: time to talk about candy. It's wait, Halloween. we kill the flavor wait.
0: of the season. I'm sorry. <laughs> Way to go, Corey? So, you want our top 3 is pumpkin pie, a thanksgiving pie or an everyday pie. I don't know if you did in July. It's, a, it's, it's Thanksgiving pie, pie in July, me. I guess. I don't oh, know. I love Corey pie. candy, okay? Let's say uh, I mean, I mean, you know, Halloween candy, what right. makes it Halloween? The fact that the wrapper is orange and black or yeah. it has a little bat on it. I don't I know. I would think what makes it Halloween is for black. everybody it's out like there who's size. not tearing apart the <laughs> <laughs> of what I'm trying to communicate here. <laughs> Let's just say candy you in general.
1: You know what I'm secretly doing? I'm adding little discourse so to buy me some time to think
0: (laughs) (laughs) do you know i there was a state and i don't remember which one it was their favorite i i'll tell you a candy that i i will eat but i absolutely hate it and it's a it's a it's it's annoying to me it's an annoying candy okay M&Ms. no don't say that they're just annoying why they're just i don't know what it is i just they're an annoying candy to me they're they're subpar at best (laughs) and they're i'm just like they're just annoying little bag of candy they're just i don't know dude I don't. I'm not gonna throw. Shade and, and the reason on M&Ms I know this like is going to be an issue is because this is one of the most popular candies I, in in half of the country, probably. M Ms. Yeah. I'm like hows M Ms. popular. It's just a what's st- so great it, about it's it? it's a staple. Now, it's
1: not the fancy of fancy, but it's like oh yeah, I can eat an M M&M.
0: M. Yeah, I'm like M Ms. I could give or take. It's if good. I never had an M M&M M yeah. the rest of my life, I could die happy. If I have one, I'll die happy still. So good, it's like I yeah. don't care if they
1: exist. Good in trail mix. Sure, it's a good added. You know, I, I'm a big like. I uh, would agree with that. Yeah. I take back that
0: statement. I agree with that. <laughs> you put You're actually them. Like, I take it back. <laughs> They're my favorite. No, you put yeah. them in that. You just. I mean, with, it's kind of like saying gravy's good, but you put that gravy on some mashed potatoes. Now we're talking. Exactly. It's you put those with raisins yeah. or like in in nuts and trail mix. They are absolutely the difference. It's maker. It's a
1: little bit of hit. A, hit so a so sweet I just want to apologize yeah. to
0: MMs for a sec. You should. I don't like them plain, but I like them in stuff. Yes, that's a good point. Now, if we're
1: talking peanut butter M and M's, that's all right. I like peanut butter. <laughs> that might be my third.
0: Okay. Well, let me say That my might number be number one. three. So this. Let's just Wait, I candy. thought we were going three, two, one. Okay. Well, what's your three, two, one? Well, my. Well, I'm going to go my three first, okay. Then you go your three. My three would be peanut butter M and M's. Okay. Um, man, there's so many good ones out there. I would have to say my number three. I'm going to go with hundred grand. Yep. We talked about that the other day. I could eat those all day. Yeah. It's not bad. Number two, what you got? Number two, Milky Way. Now you knew that coming into it. You weren't. even oh, hesitating. I, I yeah. I know my number two and uh, one. My number two. I'm gonna just go with Skittles. Wow, oh, wow. You don't the, like Skittles? The band, not good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. I mean, when I eat candy, whether or not it's gonna make my glucose numbers yeah. jack up or give me cancer, it's I don't know. Yeah. So I'm eating them When you eat candy, it's like you're smoking a pack of cigarettes What was it, like iron dioxide or Apparently, something? Apparently, when you eat Skittles it's, <laughs> like drinking a pa- it's like eating a pack of cigarettes and drinking a 40 Laced yeah. with LSD hey, You go hard You and go I don't hard. do either of those things, but I figure yeah. If I got to choose between the three, I'll just eat the Skittles Why not do the candy yeah. version? Would, yeah. would you got number one
1: Number one, Fifth Avenue Bar What's in those? Uh, so basically, the best way I can describe it to people Is it's a high class Butterfinger it's High a finger, but finger. way, but way better like it's mm. tastes right. way better doesn't stick to the roof of your mouth yeah number one for me chewy sprees man you are you're the sugar guy why you're that guy i don't know just mine were yeah. all chocolate yeah and yours looks, were all like <laughs> gross <laughs> <as> candy something <laughs> you
0: just you're just like that's disgusting oh boy uh
1: Anything root beer flavored. Really? Yeah. In a candy form, I love root beer, but in candy form, anything that tastes like root beer, black licorice, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I would say uh, jelly beans make me nauseous. Yeah, that's like forms of licorice. Basically, you eat jelly beans and like they fall apart in your mouth. And you got like a mouthful of just like pieces of granule <laughs> junk. All your- I'm like, why would you want that? You're like sloshing <laughs> around a bunch of random pieces of stuff yeah. in your mouth. Like, nasty, yeah. bro. Uh, Chewy. So, sprays, well, let me huh? ask you this: In so we're talking about we're getting ahead of the game here. So, when's too early for Christmas? Is twelve o'clock? am on november the first is that when you started or is it are you an after thanksgiving guy i actually think i know the answer to this I, can i answer this for you sure you're an after thanksgiving guy
1: uh me personally yes because, because you i love, love thanksgiving. thanksgiving now i am a whenever my wife wants to decorate for it guy <laughs> Yeah,
0: well, if that's but the case,
1: I'm never for Christmas. M- most, of the time, <laughs> most of the
0: time, it's after Thanksgiving. Yeah, my wife, so we're moving, you know. We moved this weekend, and she was like, Brandon, I got all these great ideas for how I want to decorate for Christmas. I'm like, oh, dear Jesus. Yeah. I'm like, ah, let's just take the first year off. I want a 25-foot Christmas nah. tree. Yeah, Dude, I'm like, let's just take the first but year a, off. But a live one. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, <it's> not happening. <laughs> no, nah, bro. We ain't those people. You know what's funny? I had a friend who used to – he was all about – um the earth and saving everything yeah and uh he wouldn't drink water bottles he'd only drink you know he'd have to get out of the faucet would never use water bottles all this stuff but then he had a real tree in his house i'm like (laughs) help me understand how this works i mean he was adamant about saving the planet but then he cuts down a tree for christmas and puts it in his house i don't understand maybe it's just something i don't get
1: yeah you'll never understand
0: hey i'm a i'm a christmas music can start in november guy i know you are yeah but uh, I'm not. Yeah. But I love Thanksgiving. See this thing, I love Thanksgiving. I love watching football at Thanksgiving with the Christmas tree in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not against yeah. that either. Yeah. It's it's a very. Uh, I feel yeah, like you and I are really. I
1: we're very holiday healthy. Yeah, I feel. Like. I don't mind my home kind of smelling and looking like a forest during Thanksgiving. There's no. nothing wrong with that. That's
0: that's almost Thanksgiving. Yeah, right? it, sh- it kind of should. Be. I feel like we have a, a very healthy holiday dynamic.
1: Hey, let's do this. I have a great idea. How about? We can we can put out the tree and everything. We can we can get the candles out and everything, but don't make it like Christmassy red and white yet. Let's just make it look like a forest, smell like a forest. It's a hybrid. Like a winter forest. I love it. And then after Thanksgiving, let's presents decorate out, it all presents it. and yep. wrapping and the yep. ornaments and all that kind of stuff. I think it's the way it should be. Let's normalize that.
0: I think it's a great idea. I love it. November
1: yeah. is make your house look like a forest, a pine
0: forest. And smell like it. Yes. And then Christmas, you add a little bit of that uh, little bit of that spice along oh, with some yeah. presents. Now yeah. you got yourself a whole new holiday. Exactly. Yeah. I don't like that idea. I love it. Let's do it. I think that's what it's to be. In Case, I, I know you don't watch these, but if you do, babe, I think this is... <laughs> I know you don't watch these, but if you do, listen to me. Please, yeah. just take it easy on me this year. Christmas, I mean, we don't really need... We don't need a tree. We just tell the boys it's Christmas. There yeah. we go. Yeah, we bought a brand new tree last year. Yeah. I think we're getting another one. Pre-lit. Yeah, yeah, that's what we need to do this year. It was a really nice tree, though. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm I'm a guy who, like I, I've, I really when I see a nice tree, I'm like, wow, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean.
1: I I knew a guy uh, back in Hagerstown where we, where we used to live. Uh, he had it. He had to. It had to been twenty five trees in his house every Christmas season. Like twenty five. It was literally a forest. That in can't
0: Yeah, that, that's crazy to me. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of work. But he loved it. Well, so in the news, I, I have a something that's very disturbing. I, a St. Louis football coach, a youth football coach, was shot during practice by a parent. Holy cow. Uh, I know this this podcast like a really dark turn. That fast. really, I didn't even yeah, prep that you guys. Really, Christmas and <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I'm sorry about that. But was there's shot. A, there's, yeah. a, there's a there's but he lived. Okay, that's So he good. lived. Okay. Um, but he was shot multiple times, and as he went down, the parent was still shooting him and then saying things Jeez. to him about, I told you I was coming for you type thing.
1: Holy cow. But he
0: was shot by a parent upset over a son's playing time. Mm. So I just want to know, when are we going to give kids back their sports? Yeah. I coach youth, youth baseball. I've built baseball programs. I'm the president of a little league. Mm-hmm. Mom and dads, from my heart to yours, when are we going to give kids back their sports and just let them enjoy playing the game? Without mm. us a part of it, Take a if deep we breath. understood that our job was to stay on the sideline and cheer for our kids and not dominate and or manipulate our kids' futures or shoot coaches, then, you know, <laughs> if I, I was I always I was one of those kids who sometimes saw I'm not I, the coach just doesn't like me. The reality was I just wasn't good enough. Mm. There were times <laughs> teams I also I just wasn't good enough, yeah. you know. And as an adult, you can look back and say glad my parents never ever meandered in coaching stuff i mean my parents like my dad never coached me it wasn't anything like that they weren't really involved they would come watch but they were never involved i'm super involved with my kids and i will never show them favoritism but for a parent to like that's unbelievable to me i mean well not really i've seen the way parents act but it's funny because i've never seen kids in all the years i've coached i've never seen kids get thrown out I've heard of it, but I've never seen a kid get thrown out of a game because of them saying something to an umpire or a referee. However, I have seen many parents get thrown out of games. Yeah. Give the kids back their sports, mom and dad. Can I just say that? Yeah, really. That's just where I want to sit. That's a good one. You know? It's a good one. Just give them back. Yeah. Um. So have you ever, have you ever uh, stayed in an Airbnb? Ye- once. What did you think? That was the last time. Yeah. So why? <laughs> so... Uh well, a couple of reasons. Because we're coming up on vacation time, right? <laughs> yeah. Holidays. We're yeah. just listen here at the podcast. We're trying to prep you guys for the future yeah. of the next two months of your life. We're uh-huh. trying to give you a little bit of leeway here. I RV. So my family, we have an RV. We take it everywhere. One because it's like it's a party in a box. You stop. You set it up. Got all your food. Got all your stuff. Your kids got their beds. It's just nice. Yeah. So that's why we like to vacation. Uh, and it's really, you pay for the RV and then you, it's really, it's not super expensive to do it, you know, yeah. comparatively. So for us, we've used the Airbnbs, but that's our method of vacationing. So you had a bad experience at Airbnb and and this is not a shot at the brand. This is just talking figuratively. So tell me, yeah, tell me why. And
1: I wouldn't even say it's necessarily a bad experience. It was just, the house was beautiful. It was very like eclectic and it had a cool vibe too. It was in Lancaster, PA. And uh, so the first thing was one night. Lauren and I went out, and when we got back, like, right in front of the house, there was this really old, like, creepy Volvo, like, really old, like, parked in front of the house. Was it and there we when like, you got there initially? No, it was not there. <laughs> so, so then there than, or are there more
0: people than just you staying in that house? No, well, I don't think so. <laughs> so wow.
1: And, you know, like, Aaron B they have these, they they have these, ha- these room like, rooms that are locked that you can't go into because... You know, the, the
0: owner's probably storing stuff over there, but it's like actually that's the Airbnb that stayed in never had locked doors like okay, that. Okay, but here's
1: the thing yeah, this one did, and it literally yeah, that said like, been, you should have got out of there. Whenever
0: you go into an yeah. Airbnb and you can't get into half the house, leave.
1: But you would walk up the stairs, and like down at the end of the hallway was that room that the door was locked, and you could like see. Underneath the door, and you're like, man, is there a person in there?
0: What? Like, what's in there? Like, so that part just no, in your
1: head, it kind of creeps out. you out. If you well, stay here, in well, a
0: house yeah. <laughs> and there's not anything in the comment section about somebody else is staying there with you, <laughs> Yeah you don't stay. I mean, that's that. This is the yeah. when you tell me there's an old rickety car parked in a driveway that wasn't yeah. there when you arrived, and all there's doors locked in the Airbnb. This one's all on you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this was on you, man.
1: Look, you gotta get up out of there. It was our first experience, and nah. then and then on top of that. So you here's the thing. So I don't know how you stayed. You stayed. There. Yeah. Well, I stayed because you know I was like, whatever. I'll beat somebody up if I need to. But yeah, yeah. My, got my wife was. There. My wife was legitimately freaked out. Now, I bet she was. here's what happens. Were
0: you in the woods? So <laughs> were you in the woods?
1: Uh, no, we weren't in the woods. No. Okay. Um, and there were other houses like around, but anyway there was one morning that we got up and we walked downstairs and they had one of those, again, it was a really cool house. They had one of those, like, it wasn't a super old refrigerator, but it looked like it was like a really vintage looking like seventies refrigerator, but it was kind of smaller. And on top of it was like this three tray tiered thing. And so, you know, you're in the house, you're walking by it like every day. Well, one day I looked and there was like, One of those like little packs of like medicine that had two pills in it, and I was like, I don't think that was there yesterday, (laughs) bro. So here's what I legit think happened. It was creepy when it happened, but I do think is your Halloween podcast. I do think one of the days that we were just out and about, the owners had to come back and get something, I think. If I, I think if that's I'm what renting
0: happened. out an Airbnb, under no circumstance would I walk in there until the tenants were gone I know. from their trip. Oh trust me. Yeah, that maybe that's the problem with Airbnb. Maybe people feel like, well this is my house, I'll do what I want. It's like, yeah. well, I'm paying for it. Yeah. Now I don't know if the rules and the things have changed. I had a buddy last summer stayed somewhere and I'm gonna be a little bit broad in how I talk about this because I don't want the <laughs> yeah, people who yeah. might if they ever stumble upon this podcast, yeah. I don't want them to be like, that's ours. <laughs> they stayed in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Him and his wife. And it was a tiny cabin set back off the road a good distance. Mm-hmm. And the entire cabin was a memorial to somebody who had died. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> And they had their stuff in it.
1: That's how a horror movie In, like, starts. shadow
0: boxes and stuff. Yep. Like, it was a person who died in the line of duty mm. uh, in, a, in a public service forum. I'm not going to say which one. Yeah. But it had a bunch of stuff. The whole place was filled with their stuff, that person's stuff. <laughs> he said, bro, I did not sleep. Ever, I was like, no. this kind of st- I was like, "How do you not know that before you got there?" He's like, "I just didn't. There's no indicator." Now, the reason I bring all this up is they're saying Airbnb is it's changed a lot. I think it's it's suffering because when Airbnb started, the concept was, "Hey, you need a place to stay. Well, just stay at my place because." I can give it to you for a cheap price and we can avoid all the fees in the hotels. It was a way for people to, especially like coming out of COVID, Airbnbs or during COVID, Airbnbs became huge, right? Yeah. And so uh, it was a a way for us to, it it started out as a very relational type of business. And then it turned commercial. Now you see all the hotels are on Airbnbs and all these, like uh, Airbnb is being taken over by, it's been commercialized because of money. So the whole concept it started out as is now obliterated. Because Airbnb is nothing but a site where people can rent their personal properties. Whereas before, it was a place that was under the radar. Hey, you need a place to play, stay. Come stay here. Like, this is awesome. I can stay somewhere for $100 a night that any hotel is 220 Yeah. Right? Um, we stayed somewhere one year in Florida and had an indoor pool and everything. You know, like everything in Florida is fenced in. Yeah. And it was great. My boys loved it. Uh, really good environment down yeah. near Orlando. The Airbnb itself... Wasn't that clean <laughs> and it wasn't that nice. Um, but my boys loved it because at the pool. And so looking back, it was fine.
1: But I would imagine something like that in Florida is something akin to renting a house at the Outer Banks. Sure. Like It our, was basically like a house runaway. Our Airbnb experience was this is your home. And we're staying there. You, like not your vacation home. This is your home that we're coming into and you're staying over at cousin's And house you're for the somewhere days. else. <laughs>
0: To make extra money while we stay in your house and for that's a couple weird days, to me, yeah, that's where I was like, "I'm never." I've doing never been this crazy because you know, right after Airbnb started, there was like all these articles that came out about people being watched on cameras Dude, and everything there's else. Legit
1: horror stories of Airbnb. I'm like, nah,
0: your boy ain't interested." Like, I, yeah. I don't. I'm not down for that yeah. at all. That's why we got an RV. <laughs> we <laughs> RV'd before, and then we sold our RV during COVID. Yeah. um Really cool story, actually. A little promo for them. There's an organization called RVs for MDs. I don't know if yeah. it's still running, but we had our RV. We only had it for a couple months, and we had a fifth wheel. And There was a nurse in Norfolk that needed a place to stay. She had six kids, and she was working on the COVID floor. So we let them use our RV for, I don't know, it was like May through August, four months. She ended up getting COVID anyway, bless her heart. Yeah. But they ended up using our RV for four months, and then... um RVs for MDs during COVID and then we got the RV back we sold it a couple months later before we bought our house where we're at now and um, so last year we bought a new RV and we love it like I love RVing I love what it is you're out in the wild um, the RV markets crash just like a lot of other things But um, but yeah I think that and the hotel market is unbelievable. The pricing right now is unbelievable how much you pay. Like I got four kids. Yeah. So for us to go away for a 3-day weekend, let's say we go Saturday, Friday night Saturday night and we come back Sunday, two nights and I mean you're looking at $700, $800 mm-hmm. if you stay in hotels and food and everything, yeah. you know, with four kids. So RV makes it makes it applicable. Oh, for sure. Makes it able to do it. So I have a long seg- a little longer segment here for our final thought, but um, let's hit that final thought anyway.
1: Here's my final thoughts.
0: All right. So uh, I want to ask you as the listener, you're sitting here, you're saying the only reason you listen to this podcast is because we add value to your life. That's the only reason people listen to podcasts. We make you laugh. We make you cry. We make you think. Yeah. So when I was doing research and coming into starting this podcast, we, we had talked about doing this podcast for, what, 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I mean, we started we start we we Cory and I have some uh, uh recordings that we made back in the day, some musical recordings. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. That are, hey, you know, I just found them the other day. Those are those are platinum. Yeah. Honestly, we just haven't released I'll have them to, to release them, yeah. No, we don't want to do that. <laughs> um but we we've been talking about doing something like this for a long time, you know, um yeah. whether it's music or this, we talked about stuff. So the goal is when you do a podcast like this, they say the people will listen if you add value to their life. And so I'm assuming you're listening right now. Some of you, this might be your first time listening. So welcome to the podcast. Good to see you all. Love you. Thank you for being here. Um, hope this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship. I believe it will be. For those of you uh, who listen, some of you have not missed one. I had somebody this past yeah. week tell me they were driving back from Texas. They listened to 23 straight episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was I like, talked Man. to them, too. Yeah. yeah, I was like, that's awesome. Um, but that's cool, you know, um, that you know they caught up on all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only reason you listen to a podcast is one, some of y'all are working right now and you're just doing something and we're in the background. And some people actually told me yeah. that they won't listen to me at work anymore because they don't get anything done. So hey, I'm glad we could be engaging. <laughs> so man, I can't listen to you at work. We don't do nothing. We start we start listening and we didn't find ourselves just sitting there listening yeah. to the podcast. So glad we could be engaging. But the reason that we started the podcast is we want to add value to your life. Yeah. The goal is, hey, Sundays, I love preaching the gospel. Uh, that's my, my doctorate is in exegetical preaching and teaching. I am passionate about taking the word of God and creating bite-sized portions so people can chew on it and get refreshed by it and their life changes and they grow in Jesus. Like, that is why I exist, right? Mm-hmm. So we started the podcast, and I also have the blog that we post right now. It's about once a month. It may We may increase that, but it's, it's where we're at right now with it. Um But the purpose of this podcast, I said, I want to bring Jesus, culture, and sports to people and just talk about life and what it looks like to live as a Christian, a man or woman of God, somebody who uh, knows God, loves God, but life is still life. And how do we walk through that? You can teach scripture and those things got to be chewed on, but how do we make it applicable? Um, And and really what we see the podcast is there's a lot of people go to our church that listen, a lot of people that don't go to our church that listen. And honestly, this isn't just for church folk. This is just for people who I know or stumble upon this podcast like, man, um, the other day somebody was, uh, (laughs) somebody was in invited to our church, and their response was, oh, is your pastor the one with the podcast? (laughs) So this is just—it's honestly one of those things where I create—I want to add value to people's lives, and so I I hope that this is something every week brings encouragement to you. It's something that uh, makes you laugh and makes you cry and makes you think and makes you know you're loved by God. Um, But I I have a question for all the listeners out there. Just for this moment, I want to ask you this, and I want you to really think introspectively, but when is enough enough? Because this is a question that I've had to ask and answer in my own life, and I really want to know from you, when is enough enough in your life? When Mm. are you saying, you know what? I'm just done living like this. Yeah, I'm tired of the financial strain on my life. I'm making changes. I'm tired of the overwhelming schedule that never relents. I'm just making changes. And the reason I ask is because the last two years for my wife and I, in 2021, at the end of COVID, we moved into a brand new home, and we had to do a ton of work to it. Um, I mean, we had a ton of our friends helping us. It was painting. We had new floors put down. We had custom backsplash put in. In the two-year process we were there, we did a lot of stuff to that house, right? And so it it was busy. And it wasn't even intentional like that. It was like when you move in somewhere, it's just easier to do it on the front end. So that was it was busy. Um, the church we moved into a new venue, and then we moved out of that venue last year and moved into another new venue because we outgrew the old venue that we were in. Uh, my wife and I are both in school. I just finished mine. She finishes hers. She's been in school for four years, getting her master's. Um, we both are on staff here at Palms. She's in a, a, um, a, a small part-time role, um, doing discipleship and some things like that. And, and and obviously, you know, we started this church ten year or nine years ago. I say all that to say. Uh, we started a baseball program. I coach my kids. Last year, I coached two, both of, my, two of my kids. This year, I coached just one of them. Uh, three of them are in baseball, about to be four this spring. It's just like you. I'm trying to give you examples of I'm not – people say, oh, you're just so busy. And I always tell them I'm not busier than you. Life's just different than yours. Yeah. So I ask you this. When is enough enough? Because I had to make this decision of, you know what? I'm just not doing this. And so this fall – I had opportunities. Do I want to do baseball lessons? Do I want to start teaching at a college? I had multiple colleges I was talking to. Uh, do I want to start writing something? Do I want to do another job and be bivocational? I was just thinking of everything. Like, yeah. now that I'm done with my doctor. what do I do? What do I go do? And the Lord spoke to me in October. Actually, what is this, October? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he spoke to me. We we've been in this house thing since the end of July. Yeah. He spoke to me in September, maybe beginning of October, and he said, like, the rest of this year, he said, don't start anything new. It was that clear. Don't yeah. start anything new. Rest. And I had a hunger for the church more than ever. I just wanted to get back into Palms. I wanted to get back into the day-to-day because I, had, I haven't been able to be as much of a part because of my schooling and different things, and I wanted to get back. And I feel like God's saying, hey, don't start anything new. Just rest. Get your family transitioned to this new place and rest. And so I only coach my oldest son, Caden, in baseball right now. Um, I mean, we're still practice two days a week. We had practice last night. We have a game tomorrow, practice Friday, doubleheader Sunday. We still have stuff, yeah. right? But I say that because for me and my wife, Casey said, Brandon, the value that you add is when you stay in something a long time, not when you keep building new things. Yeah, that's good. And I think it was just something I needed to hear because I'm always building. I'm a starter. Mm -hmm. Um, But when do you live the life you want and not the life you're forced to live? And I'm encouraging you guys with this today because I think a lot of you are doing jobs. that You just hate them. You hate the job. And sure, there's going to be a scary time of where you're not sure where the finances are. But if you really hate it and you know God's not asking you to do it, there have been things in my life that God's told me to do, and he said this in response, you do it, I'm going to bless you, you stay, and I'm going to bless you. Mm -hmm. Now, let me explain this, because God said obedience is greater than sacrifice. Let me explain this really quick. God isn't a bully to where you don't do what he wants, he destroys you. But I do know God could say, hey, you stay at your job, I'll bless you, but you go to this job, yeah, you might make 30 grand more a year, and in three years, you don't even know you're going to have a promotion and oversee a whole division. I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm saying that's the way God works, saying, I will bless you. Now, if he says, hey, you need to move here to do this, to do this, and it's an obedience thing, it's different. But there, there that is not a countercultural—that's a countercultural concept, but it is not a counter-God norm for him to bless you in two different decisions you make, but one decision will take you somewhere, the other one won't. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? It's good, yeah. So, when do we stop running the race and enjoy the journey and this is the question that I really feel like God's been asking me um when do you just stop uh because I know that right now um people financially are scared, they feel like they can't afford stuff everything's more expensive than it used to be, but nobody's making more money than they used to make in fact uh it, it it's it seems like you might make more, but everything is is absorbed mm-hmm. so for us. <clears throat> When do we realize we're never gonna get there? I've talked to guys who are ridiculously wealthy, unless it's inherited wealth, the amount of work that they've put in and the amount of sacrifice they've made for that wealth is probably, if I'm being honest, sacrifice I would never make. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, I I wouldn't care to make that kind of sacrifice. And I think for me, it's just because I just, I care too much about time with my family. Like the reality is you can make a ton, and be really successful and have time with your family? Absolutely. But some of the sacrifices people have made, I know for me personally, I'm just not willing to make. One of the greatest evangelists of all time of the 21st century, Billy Graham, right? If you haven't heard of him, look him up. Billy Graham, um, he was even a diplomat to countries. Like he was somebody who would go over and to these countries as a representative of the United States of America. He was close to presidents. He would do crusades where millions of people would show up and people come to know Christ. He was a, a huge part of uh, of a lot. If you ever get a chance, Billy Graham Museum or the Billy Graham Library, excuse me, I don't call it a museum in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's something, I, I, If it's amazing. You just need to go. Billy yeah. Graham is buried in the garden with the people who were beside him all those years. The guy who did music, the guy who was like his right-hand admin, all these guys or organizer, tour manager, they're all buried together with Billy Graham's wife there as well in this garden. And like And They just did ministry together. It was, mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Um, I've really lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, Billy Graham, but he would go for six months to overseas at a time. Yeah. Six months. Serious. The impact he made was unbelievable. But when it, he said the one thing he regrets the most was the amount that he was gone. And I'm thinking you're that age in your life and the impact he made is immeasurable. I mean, he was in uh, the Rotunda or whatever they call it in the capital when he died. And his body was there as a way to honor him, Jeez. you know, for a day or whatever. Yeah. You know how they do that for presidents or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Well, he was there. They took him there for a day. And um, he said, I just wish that I would have been home more. And and I think for all of us, I just I just want to encourage you. Don't be overwhelmed thinking you're not being a good parent. You're a lot better. You're doing a lot better than you give yourself credit for. Uh, don't overwhelm thinking, well, you've lost somebody dear to you and you, you wish you could have said goodbye one more time. You needed to say goodbye for you, but they didn't need to say you to say goodbye because they knew you loved them, right? A lot of it's for us. Yeah. And I just want to say, I, I, I think you're doing a lot better on the race than you think. But enjoy the journey and don't get caught up in a rat race. Like, do what's best for you and your family. Enjoy it. Uh, I always tell people, man, be faithful with your giving. Be faithful uh, to your local church. Lock in. Um, be in a place where God can bless you and not in a place where you're not given the opportunity. Like, God, yeah. can always, God's always blessing us. I mean, if you're listening to this right now, uh, um, God's speaking to you, you know? Like, there's a purpose in all this. God is um, blessed. God is—everybody's life who has breath in their lungs has a reason to be grateful to God. Um, anybody who's ever had an existence— has a reason to be grateful to God. Mm-hmm. But what I do is I pray today for God's peace, courage, and strength over people. Um, I, I feel the, the weight of people. I feel I'm empathizing. I know that people are scared. I know that the world is tough. I know that things, there's a war overseas that you know they're talking about Gaza and the Gaza Strip. And we know, even as we're doing studies through Exodus in our church right now, that that was a point of contention you know, when Joseph was alive and when Moses was alive. This yeah. is the same point of contention. And it's funny how a country that's smaller than the size of New Jersey takes over all of our media when it's mm-hmm. in war in Israel. Oh, yeah. Because that has been the place from the beginning. Um, are, are Israelites God's people? We are God's people. That's what people say, "Well, the Jews are God's people." We're all God's people. Yeah. When Jesus died, He was trying to say that Jew or Jew, it doesn't matter. So mm-hmm. we like, "Oh, these are God's people." We got to be this or that. It's like we are God's people. Yeah, we are the chosen people. It's not just the the Jews, you know. Yeah, um, and that's what I'm trying to say is like uh, the people who believe Jesus Christ is a son of God. It's God's people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I pray for God's peace, strength, and courage over people. Matthew 634, I love it, says, don't worry about today because you don't know what anxieties tomorrow may bring. So don't, don't let today overwhelm you because you, you, you win today and then you're like, well, what about tomorrow? Or what about the next day? Mm-hmm. So I just want to pray for people. I want to believe with you, man, that God's got you. Um, live with joy. And uh, you can't do that without God. You can't. You can't have legit joy without God. Live with joy. Let it, let it be that thing that overwhelms you uh, and the thing that overflows out of your life. Uh, but, hey, make the change because enough's enough. Enough's enough. Enough is enough. I like it. Let's go. Lord, I pray for each and every listener. I thank you for them. Thank you for today. I pray that they would sense your presence, that you have chosen them, that you love them. Your hand is on them. To God direct them and doing them what only you can. We love you, God, and we're grateful for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, see you this Sunday, 930, online, in person. We love y'all. We'll see you soon.